Hi, you are listening to True Form. My name is Pona, and if you're unaware, this is basically a personal journal that I chose to put on the internet for some reason. All right, so in today's episode, I'm talking about lessons that I've learned from living with cats. And what do you know, my little kitty is lying right here next to me. She's so gorgeous. Okay, I always say that cats are professional freeloaders. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm actually kind of jealous of them. Humans are the only species that pay to live on this planet and have to sacrifice sleep to toil around trying to make money, which gives us anxiety, which then makes it so that we lose even more sleep. Meanwhile, Kitty is peacefully sleeping away. I never used to pay any mind to animals, and the only reason for that was because I never shared my life with any. I didn't grow up anywhere near any animals. Um, cities are built that way by design. We're conditioned into wanting a lavish lifestyle and also into exploiting people we don't know personally. A child in Bangladesh was paid nothing to make this dress? That's fine. It's really cute. Thanks for existing, poor children. A cow was murdered for the steak? I've never met a cow. I don't know anything about cows. It tastes good. I feel fancy being able to afford this. This is fine. I used to approach animals with fear. I didn't know what they were going to do to me. Despite children's books, movies, and television shows being full of talking animals and teaching us life lessons, we're also taught that animals don't know what they're doing. Words like beast, creature, even the word animal, imply that they lack traits that we consider exclusively human, or like civilized traits, you know? Sometimes in fiction, when animals speak, we are meant to fear them more, for they are perceived to be even more dangerous when their beastly traits are combined with intelligence. Like, for example, Aragog in Harry Potter. How does this translate into how we treat other humans who don't look like us? Would y'all not agree that we often approach with fear? White people justified all kinds of slavery, massacres, and passed laws to exclude people based on the fact that they thought we were animals. Speaking from the history of my own ethnicity, white people used words like vermin to describe Chinese people. They passed discriminatory laws to discourage Chinese immigration where each person entering had to pay up to a $500 head tax and even had a department in the government to control it as if we were pests. They described the way Chinese people lived as disgusting or like rats. Because of state-sanctioned racism, Chinese people were forced into living all together in small spaces. They couldn't get decent jobs, own property, or move into the majority of neighborhoods because they weren't welcome. Living together in solidarity, in large numbers, segregated from everyone else, was a survival mechanism. Of course, white society thought this was a normal characteristic trait of all Chinese people and called it disgusting, not realizing that this was inflicted by them and by their own racism. It's just like how humans force pigs who are very clean, loving, and intelligent by nature, into living in their own feces. We then proceed to call them disgusting, not realizing that this is inflicted by us and our own speciesism. 
Any gross place is referred to as a pigsty, and the list of unrealistic pig insults goes on. To say that every single member of a species or demographic has the same natural characteristics denies our individuality. As an East Asian person, I have lost track of the amount of times I've been mistaken for someone else. I've been told, oh, you look like someone else I know. Like, oh, really? Do we really look alike or are we just both East Asian? Or being asked, are you sisters? When I'm out with a friend, because we just have to be related if we're both East Asian, right? Anyway, this brings me back to lessons I've learned from cats. I have now lived with three different cats and loved them all unconditionally. They all had immensely different personalities, likes and dislikes, behaviors, interests, and the list goes on. Humans are often surprised or freaked out or find it funny when their non-human companions behave in a way that we normally consider to be human behavior. It doesn't fit our limited idea of what a cat or a dog is. Despite the fact that we love them, we are still putting them in boxes based on their species. There are tons of issues with the pet industry and how a lot of humans don't deserve to have any animals in their lives in the first place, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, I learned that all cats are different and that you have to get to know them individually and allow them time to get to know you rather than force yourself on them or else they justifiably won't like you very much. I realized that that's how I wanted to be treated too. Wow, what a concept, I know. It sounds so elementary, but what I mean is that I prefer people who are willing to do the work in order to get to know me instead of imposing what they think they already know about me based on my demographic and then treating me a certain way as a result, which happens a lot. How do people think pretty, skinny, female-presenting Asian ladies with long hair should be treated? I personally have no clue. I would love to know. People are definitely treated differently based on perceived gender, race, sexual orientation, etc., etc. I learned that if all cats have different personalities and different desires, then all other non-human animals do too, regardless of species. How can we deny this? My cat resists when I do things that are uncomfortable for her, such as cutting her nails or taking her to the vet. If she resists when I do these things out of love, then the animals that humans exploit and murder to eat, wear, test on, and for entertainment resist too. I put my cat through temporary discomfort for the sake of her health and well-being. My heart breaks when she cowers from fear, when she hisses for self-defense, and when she resists in order to avoid pain. When I cut my cat's nails, I have to kiss her and rub her head and constantly tell her she'll be okay. I think about people who inflict intentional pain for personal gain on innocent animals and think about how broken they must be. How do they go through with it? They're disconnected. Then disconnected consumers continue to buy the products, which drives profit, which continues the cycle of killing. A lot of these people have pets and never make the connection between the animals they claim to love and the ones they murder. Indeed, I never used to see a problem with having a cat and eating meat. It just never entered my consciousness that it was a thing that could be a problem. From cats, I also learned that it's okay to demand personal space. A lot of people think cats are rude, but they're really just unapologetic and they can see right through you. 
That's what I want to be when I grow up. My mother always tells me that the cat is smarter than I am. She eats when she's hungry and doesn't starve herself because she's too busy or is too lazy to get up like me. One time, I accidentally touched the cat's butthole and she scratched my hand. My mother was like, wow, she doesn't let people touch her privates. She's so smart. For the record, mom, I don't let anyone touch my butthole either, okay? Another thing I learned from cats is don't be afraid to ask for attention from people who love me. Also, it's okay to want attention and then realize five seconds later that I don't. <laughs> also, don't be afraid to be too annoying. The right people would actually miss you if your annoying self wasn't around. Cats are so easy to love because they are so pure and innocent. I've never been afraid that my love won't be reciprocated or that one day they'll decide they don't love me anymore. Whereas humans are often afraid to love other humans because it puts us in an extremely vulnerable position. Am I fooling myself? Am I wasting my time? Am I going to get played? In some cases, being unkind to people is easier than loving them because it allows us to maintain some kind of facade of strength when in fact the opposite is true. It takes a lot of strength to love other humans. Capitalism has taught us to view literally everything as a commodity, including people. We're taught that we need to keep our options open in case the other thing falls through, and unfortunately this mindset has seeped into how we treat each other, as disposable and replaceable. I've never used a dating app because I always saw it as superficial, despite all the internal arguments that I needed to get with the times. I knew that technology evolves and that in order to stay relevant, I needed to adopt certain things, but this was stubbornly not one of them. I choose to be a dinosaur, essentially. All this to say that I know nothing about online dating, but I know that in online dating culture, there's the idea of maybe there's someone better, or here are my other options in case this one doesn't work out, or I feel sad, lonely, and or rejected, so I'm going to look at all these people and make myself feel better with the hopes that there's still hope. Capitalism has taught us that we can't be happy with what we have. We need constant upgrades, promotions at work, climbing the corporate ladder, software upgrades. You just bought a new phone last year, but hey, here's a new one that's way better. I was totally in love with you, but then I met someone else. Life's too short to limit yourself to one person. And then people wonder why they're lonely. In this day and age, modern humans have a long lifespan, but a short attention span. We forgive people for falling out of love because you can't expect to stay the same and feel the same about the same person forever. I guess the difference is knowing how to be honest and open about it rather than disposing of the person like a piece of trash. None of this fear is present in any of my interactions with my cat or any other non-human. I know that she'll love me forever, which is why I've never been afraid to love her. Though I don't speak a word of cat, and she doesn't speak a word of human, that doesn't mean that there is nothing that she can teach me or that we cannot communicate in other ways. In fact, she has helped me connect with other animals, especially the ones that I used to mindlessly exploit, and has enriched my life and my soul 
in ways that transcend language. If you followed this episode along till the very end, hello. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back next time. Bye!